Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo. with you on a Thursday morning. Glad to have you with us here on Halloween morning. I want to wish everybody a happy Halloween. Today is the only day that there is a good tax, and that is the dad tax. You fathers out there, please take full advantage of your Halloween rights as the paterfamilias. And you get that percentage of your candy. Anywhere from 10 to 15% is a completely reasonable. But in some states, you can go up as high as 20%, I believe. That sounds good to me. Hey, by the way, I I messed that up. Can you say my name again? Joel T. Coleman. Boo. How about that? (laughs) I like that. Very, very, very topical. Ah. Thank you guys for tuning in wherever you're tuning in from. We appreciate it at supertalk.fm or wherever you get podcasts from. We love that you've tuned in to us on this Halloween morning. I want to thank our servicemen and women out there taking care of us in the night. I want to thank our sponsors. I want to thank uh, Strange Brew Coffee House to start off. If you want to treat yourself today, head by Strange Brew Coffee House and get yourself the drink you need. I, I think it's finally getting cold. Have you seen the forecast for Fayetteville, by the way? Yeah, for chilly. I mean, the lows are in the 20s. Yeah, last time... Uh, Pretty much any time I've ever been in the state of Arkansas, with the I guess the the exception of driving through on the way to Omaha, every time I go, it's freezing. Yeah, and I think state basketballs had a couple of like ice storms when they yeah, went up yeah, there. Yeah. Like Arkansas, man, got some crazy weather. Well, it's gonna be cold up there. It's gonna be cold down here. So head over to Strange Brew and warm yourself up. Treat yourself to a caramel macchiato, a la Joel T. Coleman. Yeah, or a, any of their fine drinks. And of course, if you if it does stay hot, you can always go over to Churn and Spoon and get yourself something. Talk about a treat for yourself right there. Ah, uh, we got a good show today. Later in the show, Nikki Chavanel from uh, Hogbeat.com, the Arkansas rival site, will join us to talk about Arkansas and Mississippi State. We're going to talk about Joe Moorhead's uh, comments on the SEC teleconference a little later. Joel, you have the we don't have the audio, but you have the uh, the, the transcript, correct? Ah, uh, yes, I okay, have so the we'll, quotes. So we'll, we'll we'll go over that quote. We'll read it and we'll we'll try to make some sense of it. But we're going to start off with a question, Joel, and it's the question that nobody wants to have answered. What's causing all that? No, no that's, that's wrong, wrong, day. Wrong, day. Wrong, day. wrong day. Wrong day. Wrong day. Okay. But uh, that said, I want to know, <laughs> as Dan Mullen will tell us, everybody, every game is a winner and a loser. Half the teams win, half the teams lose. What happens to the loser of this game? The winner of this game, their season just sort of goes on, right? You know, they're not too high, not too low. For Mississippi State, means you're still in the contention for a bowl game. Arkansas, probably not in contention for a bowl game, but it would mean a lot for them to win it. But for the loser, the consequences seem very dire. So let's start with Arkansas. We'll start on, on, on the Hogs. Is this sort of it for Chad Morris? Do you think if he loses this game, he still has games with LSU and Missouri left, and a game against a decent Western Kentucky team could very well lose out. Yeah. You know, two and ten again, four and twenty over the last two years, if that's the case, and zero and sixteen in the conference. Joel T. Positive Joel T, SID for Arkansas, will now sell us on how you sell people on 0-16, 4 20 in two years. I mean, have you seen the fight that these guys have had in some of these games? I mean, they they nearly took down Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. I mean, this thing is really rolling in the right direction, Brian. Uh, I I know it doesn't show up on the scoreboard as much these first couple years, but you just give Chad Morris another year, and, and you're really going to see this hog team start to block. I, I don't know. This team's <laughs> terrible. I mean, like. He tried so hard. To me, I feel like if he loses this game, you can't keep a coach that goes 0-16 in the league and back to, you know, combined over his first two years. I, I, 
I mean, yeah, I guess he has opportunities left out there to not go 0-16, but most likely, he's if he loses this one, he's going 0-16. I, I feel like this is his last gasp, so to speak. I, I What happens to Chad Morris, I think, if he loses this game, is he goes job hunting this offseason. Yeah. And, and I, I really think it's as simple as that. Now, I'm not plugged in up there. Um, I guess it's possible they could keep him, but with, with – the three years of Bielema and now two years of, of Chad Morris, and it just seems like they are kind of either staying where they're at or maybe even going backwards. Like, I, is there any? Has there realistically? I know I just tried to put a positive spin on, but has there been anything positive the last? I mean, what can you take away to, to even make a case for him to stay after two years? If, that's, assuming that's he the loses, thing. and I think, and Nikki uh, hits on this in the interview, which we'll play in just a moment. Uh, but she hits on this. If they had not lost to San Jose State, you could play some of these close losses as positives. Hey, we 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 had Texas A&M on the ropes. We had Kentucky on the ropes. But when you lose to San Jose State, that sort of rings hollow, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So, not not great for the Hogs. Let's 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 go ahead and get to that interview since we're talking about Arkansas right now. This is Nikki Chavanel. She covers Arkansas for Hogbeat.com, the Arkansas Rivals.com site. Let's talk about Arkansas. Joining me at this time, Nikki Chavanel from hogbeat.com. That's the Arkansas Rivals site up there. Nikki, uh, these two teams, we're just going to have to be really honest with ourselves. This is not exactly a marquee matchup. When I, when I look at Arkansas this year, you know, I see a lot of the same problems that I saw a season ago, but there are sometimes I see some flashes that, you know, they look like they've improved a little bit. You see them every week. Is this year's team better than last year's team? Man, I, I wish I could say they were, but they've proved to be almost exactly the same in almost every category. Uh, when you break it down, it really comes down to the quarterback play. And if you put Cole Kelly and Ty Story's numbers side-by-side side with Ben Hicks and Nick Starkle's numbers, Cole Kelly and Ty Story have actually done better uh, through, what, eight games now. So that is a real disappointment for Arkansas, considering you brought those two guys in specifically to make the passing game better. When I look at Mississippi State, the first thing, if somebody asked me what's their biggest problem, it, it's just that week in and week out they, they fall behind in, in every football game. They cannot get off to a fast mm-hmm. start. Let me ask that question of you. What, what has hampered Arkansas the most this season? I think it's been uh, a huge difficulty getting the ball into the end zone when they're in the red zone. Like They move the ball pretty efficiently down the field but then whether it's play calling or throwing an interception right in the red zone they just haven't been able to put up points and that's one category where they're actually behind last year is actually punching it in Uh, and I think they have a big issue getting the ball to their best playmakers I think they take Rakeem Boyd out of the game too much uh, and then they just underutilize guys like Traylon Burks who by all accounts, he just looks like a total stud, and they have difficulty getting him the ball. I think they average less than five targets a game for him, and, and it's ridiculous when you look at the kind of player he could be if he was getting more targets. He, he averages like 15.7 yards per every time he touches the ball, so he needs to get that ball more. You mentioned Starkle and, and Hicks and their struggles this year, and there's some reports coming out of Arkansas that some of the younger guys are taking some snaps in practice this week as well. What's the plan for Arkansas at quarterback this week? Ooh, well, Chad Morris told us on Monday uh, that they are they're basically going into win 
to win the game. They don't really care that the fans want to see something different. They're going to go with the guy that gives them the best chance to win. And if I'm Chad Morris, my job here at Arkansas is very much on the line. Uh, and I think he's going to go with Ben Hicks, who has you know a ton more experience than anyone else. And he just knows what Hicks can and can't do. Uh, it's all going to come down to what kind of night Ben Hicks is having. He's very inconsistent, but if he's having a good night, it should be fine. If he's having a bad night, Chad Morris needs to make a very quick decision about that. He's struggled to make decisions before halftime, and then by that point, Arkansas is usually out of the game. It's, it's way too late to make a comeback. So uh, I, I'm fine with them going with Hicks if that's what they need to do, but you can't hesitate on making a change and maybe going with John Stephen Jones or seeing what K.J. Jefferson would do. I would not start true freshman K.J. Jefferson uh, with, you know, the gravity that this game holds because you have no idea how he's going to react to that much pressure. Uh, and from from what I can tell, he's still too much of a raw passer, so that may, might make Arkansas too one-dimensional uh, one and easy to predict. Is Jefferson still eligible for a redshirt if, if he plays in this game? Yeah, he hasn't played at all. So okay. he's got... Zero snaps, that's one of the things people are frustrated about. They've wanted to see him. You know, he's been kind of sold as the future of this team. He was a four-star, but I think his four-star status was based a lot upon his potential and not exactly how ready he was to play right when he got here. Yeah, and if you're from Mississippi and you recognize that name, K.J. Jefferson, he is also from Mississippi, from Sardis. He went to uh, to North Panola High School. Um Defensively, we talked to Kylan Hill last night here in Starkville, and he mentioned number eight for Arkansas. So, you know, we were asking him, is there going to be some number eight on number eight violence? That's number, that's Dejon Harris uh, for, for the Hogs. Defensively, I have to assume that's going to be the game plan to try to slow down Kylan Hill. How do they do it? Well, when they've had um, guys who are very good rushers, they have kind of put a spy on them, like Scooter Harris. But Harris has not looked himself this season. Um I, I think you have to, you know, stack the boxes as, as much as you can and try to force Garrett Trader to throw the ball. Um, but, I mean, I'm not counting too much on Scooter, but more on the group as a whole to, to manage to contain them. I don't, I don't know how Schrader has done under pressure, but if you can, apply as much pressure to him and then try to limit the run. But uh, if they have trouble containing guys on the outside, so if, if Kylan Hill gets outside, you run a real risk of, you know, beating one linebacker. They're not very sound one-on-one tackling, uh, so I have a feeling they'll expose them a bit in that aspect. Mississippi State wins this game. They're going to still be in bowl contention. Arkansas, you know, you mentioned Chad Morris and his job status up there. So it's a must-win game for both teams. What happens to the loser of this game? Well, if you're you're Arkansas, you basically just continue the same discussion that you've had every single week all anyone wants to see is progress from this team uh if if they can't show that and if they don't win i mean if they don't win you question whether chad morris is going to win another game this season especially with western kentucky actually looking you know pretty formidable uh but i think you kind of put the dun chain on on whichever team loses but I have a feeling, you know, Arkansas season isn't going to get much better regardless. Is is the Dunn chain a real thing? Because I would be down with that. <laughs> no, it's not a real thing. It needs but to be. It needs I, to be. 
Yeah, it needs to be. So it, just one last question we with Morris. If, if you had to make a prediction, is he coaching Arkansas in, in 2020? Unless he was to somehow be able to win out against Mississippi State, Western Kentucky, and Missouri, mm-hmm. I want to say that he's honestly kind of mismanaged this team so much that it would be very hard to bring him back, even if it, you know, it's going to be tough for the for the team to rebuild after such a quick uh, tenure by Chad Morris. But it might be worth it because fans are just absolutely sick of him. Wow. They don't want to hear anything he has to say. Uh, they're tired of his indecisiveness. It, it's reaching a boiling point here for sure. Ah, I saw some, some similar things happening here in Starkville, uh, as you probably are aware. All right, Nikki Chavanel, you can follow her on Twitter at that same name. Very easy to, to, to follow her. And uh, if you can see her coverage over there at hogbeat.com, which is the ArkansasRivals.com site. Thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. All right, thanks to Nikki for her time. We certainly do appreciate that in that interview and all our interviews here on Thunder and Lightning are brought to you by our good friends over at College Corner. Check them out. They're two locations in the Capital City area in Ridgeland over by Fleet Feet or in uh, Flowood over by Half Shell or just check them out online at collegecornerstore.com. I almost said I, I had strange coming out of my mouth. Uh, <laughs> collegecornerstore.com. When you go online and shop and use the promo code THUNDER or when you mention the Thunder and Lightning podcast, there in person, you get 15% off your order. The holidays are not too far away. For the first holiday, of course, everybody knows that's my birthday. That's at the end of November. And then whatever else you've got going on. And then Christmas, you got plenty of gift given time, but you got to get it done now. Don't wait to the last minute. Check out our good friends at College Corner Store. Don't waste time in Starkville either. When you come up here, if you're here for the Alabama game, Abilene Christian or the Egg Bowl, don't, don't worry about being in line here. Spend the day tailgating because you've already taken care of that shopping with our friends at College Corner. If you listen to that interview, I did not get a lot of confidence from from her that, that she thought that this was uh, going to go Arkansas's way, that this season is going to turn around for them, and that Chad Morris is going to be a part of this program in, in years to come. And for me, I don't know that surprising is the right word, but man, it's gone as bad as it could, could get for them basically since... Uh, I'm gonna have to use. I'm I'm using the air quotes when I say this. Ever since Petrino ran off the road, since that day, nothing has seemed to have gone Arkansas's way. Mm-mm. No, it, it has been a it's been a motorcycle wreck since then. I guess <laughs> uh, it, it, it's it has just been bad after bad after bad. Uh, save for. Uh, maybe a fourth and 25 in Oxford, there hadn't been very many highs. I, I forgot that happened. Uh, hadn't been very many highs for the Hogs over the course of the last that few brought years. A and and most, most of the highs came against Ole Miss, in all honesty, over yeah, the last few years. I mean, um, but not even that's going right for them now. So yeah. you really do have two teams that it's kind of crazy that State's in a similar spot. I mean, mm-hmm. since they went eight and five a year ago. and But – when you take that away, when you take that record away, mm-hmm. you do kind of have two teams in similar well, spots. Well, that's the thing for me. Until this game is played, for me, just looking at them and trying to be unbiased, I think State's in much better position I do too. than Arkansas is. Yeah. The problem is they aren't that far away that Arkansas couldn't beat them. So for me, you know, let's try to stick with Arkansas. 
I think this is the end for Chad Morris. If they lose this game, th- the season is over. His career at Arkansas is over. I would not be totally surprised to see them push him out and name an interim, and and just try to get move, try to get the, the jump on what is honestly a pretty with all the coaching changes there have been the last two years. It's a really shallow pool of candidates. You know, everybody's going to push at Bill Clark. Maybe Arkansas makes like a huge push and they just throw the Godfather offer at Gus Malzahn again. I don't know. But there's not I mean they go back to Petrino. There would be there would be dumber things than that. Well, of course the way it ended for him at Ar- at Louisville, I don't know that I don't know that he can make it work anymore. Pull Houston told. Nutt out of retirement. <laughs> I'd laugh if that happened. I'll, I'll go and tell you that. Our friend Bunky Parkin, soon to be athletic director at Ole Miss, uh would uh, did you see what he said by the way? Yeah. They're gonna make me S I D up there? Yeah, I saw that. I look good in powder blue. <laughs> That better be a high-dollar offer is all I'm saying. (laughs) I better be able to rent out the Lyceum on weekends for free. Oh, man. Actually, you know, road trip stories. If you recall, we actually had this conversation one time going somewhere. You and I? How much would it cost for you to do the SID? What did I say? I can't remember It was like 500, right? It was a lot of money. For 500K a year, I'll go work at Ole Miss. I'll work for Ole Miss, and I'll sell their story, buddy. They thought when, when Freeze was like, we can't wait to tell you our story, buddy, I'll give them a hell of a story to tell you. I'll, I'll put all the blame on somebody not in red and blue in that case. If you have 500K, I would do it for a year. I mean, in four years, I made $2 million. I just walk away at yeah, that point. You would be extremely dumb to not do it. Yeah. Uh, getting back to Arkansas. Yeah, for me, though, this this really feels like this is the point. This is the breaking point for the Hawks if they lose this game. Um, State is they, – they just they don't have – they don't have any hope. They don't have anything – even as bad as State has been playing, right? You could point at Garrett Schrader and go, like, look, that guy is good. It doesn't really matter who the coach is. He might be able to drag you to some wins. Yeah. And, you know, you look you at – You could point at the defense for State and say that group's going to get better. It's going to get better. And, you know, and State, you know, some of the young players that have played this year have, have shown some some flashes that you think they're, they're going to continue to improve, especially, like you said, defensively. You don't have any of that with Arkansas. You don't have any of that. So they have got to find a way to win this football game if they want – if Chad Morris wants to keep his job. And to be honest with you, one win might be enough. Winning this game might be enough to save him. I think it would be. Because, right. I, I think you know, right. because nobody, Mississippi State included, nobody wants to fire their coach after year right, two. Right, right. Nobody wants to do that. If there's anything that they can hang their hat on and give him another year, I think they do that. The problem is, though, if you're sitting there at the end of this year at 0-16 in the league and, and you've had two years like he's had – I don't know how you just can't move forward. With right, that. you can't. I agree with that. All right, let's switch, switch gears to Mississippi State. Uh, if you lose this game, the bowl the bowl bid is obviously over because you're losing to Alabama in two weeks. Barring, I guess if you lose, we have to start checking into the APR situation a little bit. Yes, but, but which but would, yes, most which likely I think would infuriate Mississippi State fans if they got a five the five and seven bowl. Then you know, I guess it might be the sort of the same because the five and seven bowl came because you beat Ole Miss. And if you could beat Ole Miss and then go to a bowl, maybe maybe that's not as bitter a pill, pill to swallow. The bitter pill would be to lose to win this game and lose to Ole lose Miss. to Ole Miss and still get into a bowl at five and seven. I I, I would not want to be on the ticket sales uh, team uh, for that one. Yeah, I mean it wouldn't really matter where the game was. Um, let's talk about let's let's combine this topic here and talk about Joe Moorhead's comments as well because I don't like the, the term tone deaf. I, don't, I think that might be a little harsh, but 
let's just read read the comments for us. I think you have them up right over there. Uh, actually, I have the World Series up, but I can get to the uh, <laughs> get to the it pretty quickly. pretty quickly. Well, while you're doing that, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's only going to take like two clicks. His comments, I couldn't make a lot of sense of. Them. Go ahead, Joel. Uh there there were several, and I'm, I'm not really. I'm actually going in order that I wrote them in my story, not the order that he said them. Um, but six and one half a dozen the other, he said them no matter what. But uh, first off, it, he was asked talking about all the the criticism and stuff, particularly you know from the outside, and and he said that he hadn't heard any of those kinds of things from anyone here at Mississippi State. I'm excited about what we did last year. I'm excited about the current state. I'm excited about the future of the program. So that's where I'm at. If it if I was any better, there'd be two of me. Okay. Okay. Like so, he's extremely excited and happy. Apparently. Um. Later on, you understand what you sign up for when you become a head coach in this league: the good, the bad, and the ugly. People are entitled to their opinions and what they think is reality, and I'm entitled to mine as well. Um. He also. That, yeah. He also said. I hate to simplify it all to this manner, but it is, it's what you sign up for. Part of the reason taking this job amidst other opportunities after the 16 and 17 seasons is I wanted to gauge myself and compete against the best of the best in the SEC. You know going in when you're going against Coach Saban and the other great coaches in this conference and the recruiting aspect of it as well, it's going to be a grind every day on the field and off the field. The margin of error is going to be small. The praise you when you do well is going to be high, and the criticism when you perform poorly is going to be harsh. That's just part of it. Now that part I don't have any. I don't have any issues with that. But the reality comments, they have their reality and and I have mine. There's only one reality. <laughs> and that's this team has lost 4 games in a row. The offense you 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 were hired to install and to be an explosive offense has not developed despite the use of three different quarterbacks. Um Mississippi State looks like it's it's regressing in a big way. The program looks like it's taking a step back. Two years ago, it won nine games. Last year, it won eight. This year, it looks like the absolute ceiling with a bowl win would be seven. He talked today, and I don't look. I don't know that he has this, but he talked today like a guy that has had some. We haven't had that external vote of confidence that so many times is kind of like the kiss of death. He talked today like a guy that might have had an internal vote of confidence. Like somebody has... And look, I'm again, I'm not saying that this has happened, but I'm just saying he talked today like someone that people have reassured him on the inside. And I would say that there is nothing less reassuring than a public vote of confidence. Yes. A, a private vote of confidence tends to... Hold more weight, but I don't. Think. I don't know that he got that. Right. By the way, but it, I mean, when you say things like um, people can have their reality, but I have mine, mm-hmm. it, it just to me sounds like I don't know. That that kind of sounds like a comment that you might have some reassurances. Maybe I, I don't know that you do. I don't know that he does. Right, I'm right. not reporting that he does. But it it at least comes off as though he's confident and comfortable right now, despite the fact things are going on around him. And again, he said earlier, you know, I haven't heard any of those critical things from anyone here inside at Mississippi State. So, I he talked today like a guy that feels like feels like he's safe. Now, I, he could just be presenting a strong front there, Right. Period. D- does that come across the wrong way to you, though? I think that judging by some of the responses when I posted that little story today, mm-hmm. Didn't nobody seem to take anything he said very well. Yeah, and and I, it kind of goes back to what we've talked about earlier this week. There isn't anything he can say that people right. are going to take well at this point. 
But to come out and talk about how excited you are for the present and the future and all that stuff. Look, that I think you said earlier, and I'll, I'll kind of repeat it a little bit here. I don't know if tone deaf's the right word, but it just kind of shows, it kind of seems like the finger's off the pulse right now where everybody else is at. Like, to talk about how excited you are. Like I think if anything, if people would be receptive to anything, and I know he probably had his critics for how he handled the press conference after the LSU game, but I think if anything right now, if people were going to listen to something, it would be the ticked-off coach that's doing everything in his power to get this thing straightened out. Not the excited coach that's happy where the program's at. You know? I, I feel like... If people wanted to hear something, it would be the fire and brimstone, I'm not sleeping at night till we get this figured out kind of deal, as opposed to, I'm happy. Yeah. And, I mean, six one, half dozen the other, none of it matters. You got to go out and win. That's what matters. True. Um, The rest of this crap's just words. And and to be fair, it's not like Joe Moorhead called in to the SEC teleconference today and, and just said all this. He was asked questions. I think sometimes people forget that. Whenever they're, they see these, some of these comments, I think sometimes they think these coaches just say these things. No, they're asked questions, and they do their best to to provide answers, and they are off the cuff, and sometimes you say stuff. I mean, shoot, we've probably said things on this podcast before that didn't come out right or didn't come out exactly right because we do it, you know, as it comes to us kind of thing. So, in, in fairness, you know, you may say some things and not be as clear with what you want to say as what you say, but... Bottom line, it goes back to the message that we've been saying for, for days, and I said a minute ago, the only crap that matters at this point is what happens from about 3 o'clock on Saturday to 6 o'clock on Saturday. The the, the rest of it is just things for, for people to read and get in a tither about or like what they see or don't like what they see. Bottom line, he can say whatever he wants to if he goes out there and kicks the hog's tail on Saturday. So what happens if State loses? In my opinion... It's the first domino in this being Joe Moorhead's final year here. Well, I say first domino. I mean, I guess there's been some dominoes already with the mm. the the previous losses, but it's the first major domino because I, I still feel like if you lose to Arkansas, and then if you particularly if you like get the crap kicked out of you on Thanksgiving night against Ole Miss. Mm. I'll say about him what I said about Chad Norris a while ago. I don't know how you move forward with that at right. that point. Don't know how because, you sell the future. Because you're not going to have a single – I mean, at that juncture, you're what? You're 4-8. and eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're what, 1-7? Is that right? Yeah. 1-7 yeah, in the league. And you want to sell a bill of goods on the future? You know, your offense hasn't shown any signs of life in two years. Yeah. Uh, if you lose, you know, if if you're one of those people out there that are rooting for this to be the final year of the Joe Moorhead era, I mean, it starts with losing on Saturday. That said, I don't know that losing Saturday guarantees anything. Right. I think he could very easily lose Saturday and still be the head coach here next year, depending on what happens the rest of the way kind of deal. So, I mean, I'm not saying that this Saturday is make or break by any means. But if you want to draw up a scenario for how Joe Moorhead isn't the head coach this year, it starts next year. It starts with losing Saturday. Yeah, I agree with that. What happens if if he wins though? 
And we'll try to close on a little more positive note, I guess. But if he wins... You're in a holding pattern, kind of. Right? Well, that, that's the thing. And I, I talked to some of the guys in the media, and, we're, and we were discussing this tonight while we were doing availability. Because then, if you win, next week you have the week off. And then the week after that, you have a game everybody thinks you're going to lose anyway. So nobody really... Nobody really truly cares as long as you you know you don't lose seventy to nothing, which yeah. they might. But if you know, regardless, you, you you expect to lose. If you win, you're waiting to Thanksgiving. Well, That's yeah, and, yeah and then you play Abilene Christian, who you expect to beat, and assuming everything goes to, according to the you know to to, to, chalk. to chalk, you really don't have anything to complain about or be overly excited about until the Egg Bowl, mm-hmm. and then you go in that game five and six, and and you see what happens. And the last two times State has gone to the Egg Bowl five and six and needing a win, they've won. You know. The egg, the uh, they were four and seven going into the Egg Bowl in sixteen, they were five and six going in in eleven, five and six going in in thirteen. They won both times, and those, both those games were in Starkville. So, you know, a little bit of uh, and you know the, the thirteen season had a lot, had a lot of similarities to this season. To be totally honest with you, you had the you had quarterback issues, uh, the offense wasn't great, the defense wasn't overly good either. Um, you know, and you just you you didn't look like you were going to make a bowl for a while, but then you beat Arkansas and you beat Ole Miss. And he got in. So the difference, obviously, was that at that point, Mullen had built up enough credit to survive those kind of seasons. And then Mullen followed up with the best two seasons of his career. Mullen well, had done some overachieving. He had. And all Moorhead is, is underachieved. So got to figure that out. And, yeah, you mentioned that. It seems like when State is in these situations, it seems like they do beat Ole Miss and end up going to a bowl. But the last time they didn't beat Ole Miss and they missed a bowl, they fired the coach. State? Yeah, the last time that it, that in the same season they both lost to Ole Miss and didn't go to a bowl game. Yeah, which would have been 08, Obviously, 08, obviously, yeah. They fired a coach, yeah. and so. I don't think I don't I don't think that's going to happen. But hey, we'll find out in a few weeks. So I mean, and, and and look, I mean, this is we talk about John Cohen's hires all the time. I mean, he's I guess we've I guess he's relieved some minor sports coaches of their duties before, but this yeah. would be his first. Major fire. Well, I mean, Canizaro, but that was you had to kind of deal. Didn't like, fire him technically. Yeah, technically he resigned. That's right. But so. I mean, this would be your first major decision for a firing. Because yeah. I don't think Canizaro was a decision really. Right. That was just after what had happened. It was right and was on the wall kind of thing at that point. But I don't know. For for as much as people talk about his hirings, um, it'd be interesting to see what decision John Cohen makes. Yeah. Um, but I know he hopes it's one he doesn't have to make, and I know. Well, I don't. I don't know. You know, I think there's probably some people out there rooting for state to lose, uh, so so that that maybe state would go in a different direction. But I think most people with logical heads on their shoulders are, are, are hoping that there's there's not a lot of I don't have a lot of, of time or patience for that to be honest with you. Like, I don't think Moorhead's going to work out, and I don't think that uh, that long term it's going to work. But if I if I were in their shoes, I would not cheer for my team to lose. I hope I would think that's a very small percentage. That said, um, speaking of that Ole Miss game in 08, were you kind of rooting for Ole Miss to win? That I've game? always said the same thing about that. I went to the game and I wanted State to win. I wanted them to win. But once I realized that was not going to happen, it turned into score as many points as you can so this gets done. And I've often said if if Houston Nutco turned back the hands of time, he'd have won that game 13 to 10. He'd have found a way to keep it close because he forced Greg Burns' hand. If State loses that game close, and then you could say, look, Croom lost, uh, Anthony uh, Johnson, 
and Michael Brown before the season to the the, the eligibility. You know, they got kicked yeah. off campus because they had the gun incident. Didn't Pegues miss that La Tech game? And then Jamar Chaney got hurt in that game yeah. and was out the whole year. And you know, you had the quarterback issues. You probably could have sort of like, look, you know, things happen. And and his best recruiting class was coming in. He had Fletcher Cox and those guys committed. Tyler Russ, those guys were coming. You could have sold it and and, and you know, like another year, but losing the way that he did. It was impossible. Isn't that where you're at this year, though, too? You could sell it, even with a close loss to Ole Miss, that you have a true freshman quarterback, you had Tudorgate all year, um, you had games where, I mean, you had Smitherman out for the right. year, now Fletcher. I mean, you, all you, that stuff you is could very sell sellable, all those other things. But so you got to win. Basically, well, I'm just saying, like, if you went into the – you're kind of in a similar spot here. Like, I think barring – it might take just an absolute skull dragon by Ole Miss on Thanksgiving night, in addition to an Arkansas loss, for for the the trigger to get pulled. What I'm saying, bottom line here, is I'm like ninety percent sure that Joe Moorhead's going to be your coach next year. I am ninety nine point nine percent sure. I, I guess that's so what I'll I'm getting I'll, at I'll, I'll, I'll leave myself the uh, the one percent, the one that point one percent. I'll just leave that just to, because because technically anything can happen. Yeah. But right now, I don't think it's going to happen. And uh, yeah, to be honest with you, I think I've sold myself that State's going to win this game. I'll make my prediction on tomorrow's pod anyway. Yeah. I think I've sold myself on that much, especially after talking to Nikki and just getting the – I just did not get – like tomorrow – I'm supposed to think be on with her tomorrow on her podcast. And when the, I'm going to at least present the idea that, you know, State's good enough to win this game. I didn't get that from her at all. So talking – I mean, she and she's there every day. So that sort of is is, is – you know, I don't know if tainting is the right word, but it's got my mind thinking, okay, this this Arkansas team is really bad. And she and she even says she's like, they're worse than last year. So I mean, even though state's worse than last year, I don't think that they are forty six points worth of difference worse between Arkansas and them. I don't think that. So could be a close game, but I think state's got enough to win. Yeah. I, I, so I I'll, guess at the end of this discussion, what we're saying is the things we said what happens if you lose, they're gonna pertain more to Arkansas, I think. That's my guess. Okay. Um, but that said, you realize by saying that, mm-hmm. we're predicting that State's going to go on the road and play well and win a game. <laughs> you're you're, you're two-thirds right. We're predicting they're going to go on the road and win, and win a, game. a game. Not necessarily they don't necessarily play. have to play That's well. That's true. You know, because the opponent you're playing, you don't have to play your A game. If you play your worst game and they play their worst game, you'll beat them. That The only way for them to win is for you to play your worst and them to play pretty good, to be honest with you. Even an average game for them might be enough. Might not be enough. I mean, it might be an ugly, ugly win. I don't know. We'll see. All right, guys. Talk tomorrow's show. You know what it is. It's the three Ps. We'll talk about this game a lot more uh, tomorrow. I'll get into some stats and uh, dig into our, our predictions and playmakers for Mississippi State versus Arkansas. Have a great Halloween. Enjoy it. Enjoy it with your kids. And we'll be back with you tomorrow. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.